Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. This one's going to be fun because Mike and I, my guest today, are meeting for the first time on this podcast. We have connected on social media and when he hopped on Zoom, I said, there's people out there that tell me I can't meet great people on Twitter and I don't believe it and neither does he. So we're here to kind of kibosh that mentality that you can't meet epic humans on social media platforms and to have a great conversation to share with you today. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, connecting and um, absolutely. I think online in today's age is how you connect and meet you know, people with different cultures and backgrounds and so vastly different. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And we just found out, and this is actually where we're going to start, which is more of a hot seat or rapid fire questions, which is I get to know you type of mentality. I like to start the show with Um, one, because I'm actually getting to know you. I know a lot of my guests on the podcast and two, it helps our listeners really connect to your story and and who you are as well. Um, And we're going to start really easy. We're going to start with where did you grow up? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in Metro Detroit in Michigan um, in the Midwest and uh, pretty much spent the the first 22 years of my life in uh, the greater Detroit area, both, you know, same house. And then I went to a small school uh, near uh, Ann Arbor, where University of Michigan is. So I'm a Michigander. I love it. And where do you live now? Are we still in Michigan? So I'm I'm very nomadic. I haven't lived in the same spot for more than six months in several years, um, but I'm currently residing in Metro Detroit. I live with my best friend uh, about 20 minutes from where we grew up. So I'm back in Michigan for now. All right. So in six months, we'll have another podcast show and you'll be somewhere else in the world. Exactly. Yeah. You never know where you're going to find me. 
I love that. I love that. What I love about that is we're only a couple hours apart. So I'm Canadian. I live in Ontario on the coast of Lake Huron, but I fly out of Detroit all the time. And Mike and I were just chatting about that, um, that we're really just neighbors. We, we don't live too far apart. So let's, Absolutely. let's take that like nomadic. The next question is actually goes with your nomadic lifestyle, which is where is your favorite place or where has been one of your favorite, favorite places in the world to travel to? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I get to ask that all the time and it's so difficult to pick one. So I'm going to kind of blend it. So I've, I've lived in Germany twice. And uh, the second time I was working over there uh, for a Fortune 100 company. And in six months, I got to experience 15 different countries with a bunch of people who were in the program with me. And that to me was uh, really, really impactful because I learned about different cultures. I mean, you drive an hour or two, like you drive into the Detroit airport, you go in Europe and you're in a place they speak a different language with different values and cultures. And so it really shaped uh, how open-minded I am and, and really open to new ideas because the, we're all humans ultimately, but we have our own practices and cultures. And so that's been one of my favorite experiences, I would say. That's amazing. Germany is such a hub too. You can get anywhere so quickly in Europe. And I love that about Europe is how quickly you can be immersed into different language, culture around different people. It's, it's, um, it's a whole lesson in itself on life and humans and connection. Absolutely. Well said. That's, that's it. It's a good lesson on, you know, we're all of one, you know, we're all the same species, but we interact with each other and have such different thoughts. So it really is a, a really good open-minded way to live. Love that. All right. Favorite book, either what you're reading right now or something in your past that shifted perspective or opened you up to see the world through kind of a new lens. Yeah. The four agreements. If you're familiar. Very. Uh, Toltec wisdom Love that book. on happiness. Yeah. Yeah. So the four agreements, I, I read it last March and I've used it every day since it's incredible. Mm, I love that. Yeah. There's something really powerful about, about that book. And, um, I love just like honing into what the agreements are that we make with ourselves and, and how we show up in the world. So yeah, great book. Love that one. All right. Last one. If you could go back and give your 15 year old self some advice as you started kind of this next chapter of life, what would you tell him? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I think the one thing that I would say is, is believe in yourself. You know, you, you were stronger, smarter, and more capable than, than, you know, so believe in yourself. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. I like to like throw you in the deep end right at the, right at the end there. Like what's the one piece of advice that's helped yeah. you through life, but Man, the, yeah. the answers the answers we get are just incredible in terms of how we how lived experience teaches us so much and how, you know, there's so many things that if we could go back in time and, and do it again, we would, but also our journey is exactly has led us exactly where we need to be. So believe in yourself. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's a perfect uh, question, especially for you know, this HR people centric guru that you are. 
um, to ask, how would you talk to your inner child? Like the inner child work. It's a great way to finish the hot route, but love it. let's just throw you into the deep end. Like we don't keep it surface yeah. here all the time. We, we yeah. keep it light at the beginning, but then I really want to know who you are is, is what this podcast is all about. And you, you opened it up with the four agreements. When you tell me that that's the book that changed oh, yeah. your life, I know you're open to going there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I prefer, you know, I, I heard uh, Aubrey Marcus say that, you know, the two things he wants out of an interaction with someone is uh, laughter and uh, a deep, you know, a deep conversation. And I really subscribe to that. So I'm all in. If you anything, there's nothing so, that's off the table. You're allowed to ask me anything. Let's go. One of my core values is depth, like depth and conversation. So, and who doesn't love a good, a good laugh, a good, a good joke here or there. So if you have any jokes, I welcome those as well. Anytime during the podcast. Perfect. I'll save it for the end. Amazing. Love it. I'll hold you to that. Um, all right. So let's, let's dive in. I appreciate you, you sharing some of those, like get to know you questions and really feel like I, I already feel more connected to you just understanding a little bit about your history. And then I go to like the real deep end, which is all right, tell me the story. And I know there's so many different phases and stages to everyone's story, but I'd love to hear a little bit from your lens. What got you here? Sure. Yeah, I, I like to use three pivotal moments to keep it succinct and, and powerful. So the the three pivotal moments that shaped, you know, Mike and the, the person that you're talking with today, you know, first it started in, in my early teenage years. My family was very, very tight knit and we had a focus and emphasis on education and hard work. And so the love of learning and growth mindset was instilled by my parents and my family. Uh, grandma, aunts and uncles. And so that was kind of the first pivotal moment was I, I always was reading and learning and, uh, you know, very studious. And so I, I focused there. And so then a second kind of pivotal moment as I came into my own and became an adult, you know, I really learned that traveling was inspiring to me and meeting these new people and making connections. And at the same time, while I was in school, I met some very successful entrepreneurs and they took me under their wing. I started building companies with them, for them. Uh, it's very, you know, unique digital marketing and tech companies and platforms. And so, you know, this, the second pivotal moment was learning to, you know, move. I'd only been to like three states before I was 18. And uh, when I was 19, I went on a plane by myself to Berlin and studied and spent a summer over there. And so just immersing yourself into being uncomfortable and uh, trying these new things. That was the second pivotal moment. And then, you know, I spent many years doing that. Um, and, and then the third pivotal, pivotal moment came right in 2020. And so at that time, uh, we found out that my mom had been re-diagnosed with breast cancer. It was stage four terminal. And so I kind of stopped everything that I was doing to um, be with my family and spend the rest of my mom's life with her. And um, so, yeah, that's, it's kind of the three pivotal moments and, and kind of like the closure of that is after we lost my mom last fall, I had a good friend come to me and he's very religious. And he said, you know, you need to find what the thing is that your mom left behind that you're going to carry forward as her legacy. And so, you know, I wept, I grieved all the things that come with losing a parent. And, you know, she was my best friend. We talked mm -hmm. every day. And what came out of it was my purpose is to help others build their businesses, help others grow and launch and build the business of their dreams, because that was my mom. She was always asking what she could do for you, 
always asking how she could help and what you wanted. And so that's kind of wrapping up the third pivotal moment was I, I took this terrible, you know, it, everybody's going to, nobody's leaving this rock alive, as people have said to me, but, um, and turned it into my purpose. So yeah, that's kind of a bit about me. Mm. Thank you for sharing. You know, it, it actually speaks volumes. I reached out to you cold. Like we did not have any relationship former, like we don't even have mutual contacts, which is usually how people end up on the show. I reached out to you and said, Hey, I'm doing this podcast. I checked you, I checked out your bio and your background. And I, I think you could really help the community. I think your story could support what we're trying to do here on the show. And without question, you said yes. And that's my first interaction with you is you come from the heart and the lens of service. And you look through that lens of, Hey, how can I help somebody else? And so without knowing that story, it's interesting. That was one of my, yeah, I like to acknowledge people as one of the things I wanted to acknowledge about you and my, my interaction, my early stage interactions with you is you just lean in and come from a place of service. So I share that with you from a complete outsider's perspective. And now with context and understanding where that lineage comes from and how deeply connected that is to your mom and her legacy and your carry forward purpose, I just want to commend you. And I have so much gratitude for that of how you show up that way. Thank you. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing and, and seeing that I'm glad authentically that's uh, how I'm coming across because ultimately that's that's what I'm I'm here to do now is to help others and um, you know being a guest on your podcast is like absolutely I'd love to have a great conversation and so far it's held up to anything I expected and more so yeah um, thank you thank you for that mm. and I will say deeply sorry to hear about the loss of your mom and when you know, health and disease comes through family units. It really rocks the core. And uh, my listeners will know this. You won't. Um, I actually was diagnosed with a brain tumor 10 years ago. And it was a pivotal moment in my life to really ask some of the bigger questions around purpose and what are we here for and how can I create legacy and what am I doing that matters and what am I doing that doesn't matter, frankly. And when we talk about these kind of pivotal moments, you went through your three you know, that's one of my pivotal moments where it really shook the foundation in hindsight, in a beautiful and positive way. In the moment, it felt scary and rocky and turbulent and, you know, terrifying. It was, it was a very dark soul of the night type of experience. Um, you know, I, I have so much gratitude for still being here 10 years later because there was question marks. And so with that, um, I always laugh because my last name is actually service and I don't think that was by accident and, uh, I don't believe in coincidences fully. And it really reignited this level of service for me and how I can show up for others. And a big piece of why this podcast got started is my team finally said, it's time for you to start sharing the wisdom you have within with more people. And that's how you're going to continue to share the messages of the things you've learned in your life experience too. So anyways, just so many interconnectedness to our stories already. And when you share openly and rawly with what, what you've been through, it just immediately connects humans. So I feel deeply connected to you already. So thank you for that. Thank you. And thanks for sharing your story. I think that's really a powerful and, and I have this 
uh, saying, you know, life has a unique way of showing you what matters. And you hit on that exact point. Like 10 years ago, there were probably trivial things you were worried about. And then all of a sudden this diagnosis comes and everything that doesn't matter just drops to the floor. And you're like, okay, this is what matters. And you can focus there. And I think it's so cool how, you know, far you've come and now you're dedicating your life to people and helping people, uh, you know, with people's strategies. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that. And going into that lens, you know, we're the work we do is actually very similar. So you're dedicated to helping businesses grow. I feel the exact same way. I work with founders day in and day out who are struggling and are suffocating because of the level of mm, responsibility they feel to keep the ship afloat and to keep things going. And my, my lens of how I can serve in the best way possible is this background through people and how people can unlock businesses if you get the right people in the right role at the right time. I'm curious, let's dive into this a little bit more around how you serve leaders and founders and companies. And when you say, I like to help companies grow, what does that mean? Yeah, let's start there. So I, when when I say help companies grow, I am a growth marketer through and through. That was what I you know was studying in school, uh, what I started doing in practice with these startups. So I'm a growth marketer. You bring a product, uh, you bring me an idea, and I will bring it to life, and I'll get it in front of eyeballs, and I'll bring you conversions, whether it's users, revenue, engagement. That's just the way that my brain works. So growth marketing is, is how I would define how I help companies grow. Awesome. I love that. What led you into that? So you said you did school, um, and then it sounds like there was a number when you were younger and traveling, you mentioned that you had met a bunch of entrepreneurs and that kind of kicked off maybe some of your own uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Talk a little bit about that journey for you. Yeah. So I was sitting in a social media marketing class as a junior in college and the CEO came in and he gave this presentation on how you use data and, and interactions, user experience to increase the amount of people that convert on your website. And it was a really, really technical conversation. And the whole time I was like, man, I don't know what this is, but I want to learn. So at the end of the class, I walked down, I, I gave him, a, I don't know, I had a business card of some sort that our business department had made us uh, make. And I handed him a business card, shook his hand, said, I don't know what you just said, but I want to learn. And so I spent a hundred hours as his intern mm -hmm. learning all about digital marketing, Google analytics, AdWords, advertising, design, uh, how to project manage software developers. And from there, just launched into building a couple businesses with that tech company that had subsidiaries that were doing really cool platforms. Uh, we helped one startup incubate all the way from, it was a PowerPoint wireframe. And then two years later, they had an eight and a half million dollar series, a check all with, you know, the strategy and, and development process and user experience that we put through. So, I've had some really fun uh, experiences that just, I like building stuff. Every day, if I get to build something and mix a little bit of strategy with execution, that's a perfect day for me. Mm, I love that. What would you say is one of your greatest gifts when you think about the executional side? You're talking about digital marketing and um, kind of growth, growth strategy through the digital lens. Is there like a platform that you're just an expert at? Or like, where would you say is your one of your greatest gifts in the executional side? 
a great question. And I was just walking through some of this this morning. It's the ability to take very complex things like a vision or, you know, I want to get to X number of dollars per month in revenue and breaking it down into actionable steps. So reverse engineering a vision all the way through to here are the next three things I can do today that will put me on track to get to there. So that's, that's, I would say, my gift is taking complex things and breaking them down and explaining them simply so we can achieve them. Mm, love that. When you've been inside the growth of some of these startups and, you know, your feet on the streets, you're starting from square one, day one, the PowerPoint, you know, uh, yeah. one pager all the way through concept and, and beta testing. Talk to us about the experiences you've seen. Like, what are the hiccups that show up? I know every every startup's a little bit different, but what are some of the consistent struggles that you have seen founders or co-founders or startup companies bump into along the build? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So the the first that comes to top of mind is the... like who's your customer understanding who your customer is because as you go from this idea to actually having people use it you need to really focus and be empathetic on who is the title what do they need what are they doing what problems are they solving and quantifying the problem to initiate them to use it because you might know that you do know that people are the limiting factor to scaling a company, right? That's your platform. It's like, you need people to grow. But until you can emotionally charge a CEO or a founder, like, do you know how many hours a week you could save by hiring this person? Or do you know how much money they could generate every year by hiring a salesperson instead of doing it yourself? So you've quantified that problem to a specific person. Um, you're not going to get off the ground. So that's the biggest problem. It's ideal customer profile quantifying and and putting the pain points in their face. Do you sense that with the founders that you've worked with, do you sense that um, they they're holding on to things too long or they give it given up control too quickly? Like on, on that spectrum, what would you say shows up primarily with founders? For those yeah, that can't see the video, he's, he's laughing and I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to get his response because I'm assuming it's the same as mine, but I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that if we, you asked that very well, where it wasn't a leading question, but I know, you know, it was a leading question. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> so founders take extreme ownership over their baby, like the, mm-hmm. the platform, the product, the software, the, the service, it's their baby. So they take extreme ownership and they struggle to delegate to people who are similar competency, maybe even better competency at certain things than them because they psychologically believe it's theirs and they want to own it. And giving up that control is difficult. So something that I really preach um, when I'm starting to work with someone is let's talk about what your strengths are, what, what are your weaknesses? And I use like three prompts. So I say, what do you love doing? That's where you should spend time. What do you like doing? That means you're going to be generally good at it. And what do you not enjoy? And I let them hang out in the first two. And then what do they not enjoy doing? I either jump in if it's my area of expertise or I go find someone who I can get the job done with because I also recognize I have weaknesses. So um, that's generally how I try to 
convince them out of the things they shouldn't be doing. Uh, I think that I think that answers your question. They they take a lot of ownership, and I try to slowly come in and say, hey, let's let's leave some of these things you don't like doing, and you're probably mm-hmm. not good at it either. Yeah, there's a control factor there where there's just such this like deep connectedness to this vision that they're holding and a big piece of what a founder needs to do and is most qualified at is to hold that vision and to keep coming back and iterating that vision over and over and over again. What I sense happen, what I see happen most of the times, I usually, um, usually when I'm connecting with founders, they've done a series A or they're on their way to a series B, or they've just closed a series B and there's this investment that shows up where they're now thinking about team and they're thinking about maybe not your first level of engineers or folks that are bringing kind of the concept to life, but they're now thinking about leadership team and who needs to kind of own different functionalities to grow and scale the business to the next level. And one of the things I see so often at that particular phase is you have a lot of founders who are operating in the seats of CEO and COO. So they're holding the vision and holding the um, company brand and all the details of that in addition to needing to be the operator and all decisions go through them and all sign-offs are through them and it creates, frankly, they they become the issue in terms of not allowing the company to scale as rapidly as it as it can. So that's the conversation I'm usually having, having, and you're, you're exactly right. My question is always, what are you most uniquely qualified for within this organization? And how do we get you spending 80% of your time there? Give you 20% still to like, hold on to some of the things that are really important to you. Uh, but how do we flip it? Cause it's usually, it usually gets messy at that stage where it, it becomes really hard psychologically to let go. Yeah. Yep. That's well said. I I love the Pareto principle application that you use with them. I'm sure I'm sure it's difficult at first, but if you can get them in that that Pareto principle, if they're you know generating whatever it is they're special at, I know it'll move the needle way more than them owning and operating. That's the toughest thing to own. Like you you just mentioned, if you CEO your strategy and vision, and your COO your execution, it's really tough to do both. It certainly is. Yeah. From lived experience, it is, you know, even in building and scaling my own team, it's, you know, I catch myself giving advice that I need to look in the mirror and say, okay, where am I, where am I not living this truth too? And and have to take that to heart. So yeah, it's, it's a whole other beast. It's a whole other beast. I'm curious for you, as you've witnessed a number of companies grow and scale, and I know you've worked in a lot of different size companies. So startup phase to fortune 100s, you've worked across all different sizes of companies. In your opinion, what role does hiring the right people, what role is the right people in the success of companies, in your opinion? Sure. Let me reflect. So what are you saying? Is your question, what's the most important role to help a company succeed? Uh, Let me ask it a different way. Question is more around the around the just the people agenda in in general. When you've seen companies okay. really thrive, what role are the A players or hiring the A players um, creating that that next level or that next kind of phase of growth for companies? Hmm. So the question is more of like, how do you hire A players to 
Uh, like what, what roles are A players filling that helps the company grow? That's the question. Yeah, let's go on, let's go that way. Cool. I, I think uh, the COO is a really crucial one. I think you have to bring in someone who knows how to operate a company that knows how to get to the minutia of the detail. If you're moving physical goods, they have to have their head wrapped around lead times, how to move things around. If it's, if it's uh, tech, they need to understand customer experience, um, you know, the user experience and, and look at data. So I think that's really a, a most important. And once you have an operator in place, I think to, to answer the second part of the question, how do you scale is you have to find a competent growth marketer who can look at data, understand how to uh, spend budget, what's working and double down there. And then when the things aren't working, you have to be able to call it quits and just say, hey, this one's not, this channel's not working and, and move on quickly. Fail fast is what they say, right? Mm, I love that. There's this whole mentality of um, hire slow, fire fast, where it's like, hey, when, yeah. th- when things aren't working, call it. So similar kind of mentality of like, hey, if it's not working, call it and, and yeah. move on to the next area quickly. Yeah, that's good. I'm sure that's diff- easier said than done. And oh gosh, it's very it's very difficult to do that. I, you touched on something earlier. I don't want to miss either. It's that uh, you talked about when you give advice, you want to make sure that you yourself look in the mirror and execute it too. And I, you know, I call it eating your own dog food, as as crude as that example might be. But anytime I, I'm I'm very reflection based. I journal every day, and I challenge a lot of my clients to you know put their thoughts down when we're working together. And anytime I ask someone to go through like a group of prompts or like consider an activity, I usually do it too, because it's really cool to see the similarities and differences of how you might work with someone or decisions you might make. And you can even find a compromise if you do it too, that would be a better solution than one person just thinking of it themselves. Mm, I I, I love that. I'm a big proponent of get thoughts down on paper. I find when it's on paper, I can reflect and see things differently than when it's bouncing around the marbles bouncing around in my head. And you start to see themes, you start to see, okay, these are the themes that keep showing up and likely areas in my life. I need to keep going down the path or in business. Okay. These are the things that I need to really double down on. Um, but the collaboration of kind of teamwork and ideating together around, how do we how do we co-create a better outcome? Well, it's always going to be better if multiple people are involved. And I think to your point, yeah. you know, you talked about your family upbringing, and you talked about some of the values of how you were raised with hard work and work ethic. And this whole, you know, you eat the, you eat your own dog food is something that I don't know if I might have butchered <laughs> that, but uh, that's what I heard. Um, but it's yeah. this whole mentality of I'm going to do it too. Like I'm going to roll my sleeves up and get in there with you. And if we can't figure this out, we're going to, we're going to work together. I'm actually curious how hard work and your work ethic has led you to today and the successes that you've had. Mm, it's a good, really fun question to answer. So I think Seneca said, uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity and the hard work and the work ethic, you know, that goes hand in hand with preparation. Because if you're putting in the work, if you're doing the reps, if you're learning the skills, you know, that's you preparing for when an opportunity arises that you can say yes 
or that they can accept you and say, yeah, this guy's qualified for it. So I think every, you mentioned the journey earlier and when we were talking before the call and the journey is the way the Germans even have that as a saying, um, their Vegas to seal, which means that the goal is the journey. And so when you just emphasize and, and focus on doing the work and learning new skills and getting things done, it is ultimately going to be rewarded and it'll put you in the right rooms for when the opportunity will arise. So I think that's how I would round it out is the hard work has been the reps that have put me in the room for when an opportunity arrived and then people call luck. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing. It's, it's interesting. Again, a parallel, it's, it's something I was, um, I heard this through a lot of mentors early in my um, sports life. I, I was an athlete growing up in my um, education life and then in, in business life early on, which it which was this whole mentality of you will outwork anyone. And that's why you're going to find success in whatever area you want success in. It does not need to be linear or, you know, about money or the cars or the external factors which I was on that path prior to brain tumor. So don't get me wrong. That was definitely a path that was going down until I shifted kind of where the focus was. But whenever, when anyone says like work ethic and hard work is kind of core to how I was raised, my family unit, the values in which I was raised in, I always like to, I always like to bet on those, those people. I'm like, I'm curious to see where Mike is in 10 years because of that. You've already had such success. And now how much greater will your success be through the service lens and living at that legacy of your mom and taking that work ethic forward with you? I think it's going to be a really exciting next chapter for you as well. Thank you. Yeah, I am excited and I feel more aligned and more authentic with what I'm doing now. And I was telling this to a client this morning, all the businesses I've, I've started and I've worked in and I've worked with, at some point, I burned out of the day-to-day -day because I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't authentic to me. I was good at it. I can see a few steps ahead so I could see where you know the money might come. Or like you said, this, I'm not super materialistic driven, but we are a capitalist you know, society. So that's generally an outcome that I, I would like. And I burned out of all those businesses. And now with the lens, like you said, the service lens of helping people has been so energizing and I just love it. So I'm, I'm pumped for this journey too. I am really looking forward. Um, I look, I look forward every day and mm -hmm. that's, that's the best part. Mm, I love that. How has the flip of that switch for you? I'm curious to understand how that's changed. Has it changed who you work with or has it changed the outcome or the lens in which you view the work you do through, or is it both? Definitely both, but who I work with is it crucial. You know, in the past, I've sacrificed values for, you know, potential outcomes. I've sacrificed who I've worked with because I liked the idea, and I'm no longer willing to do that. I only accept clients and people that I really enjoy working with that have good values. And since I st stopped doing the, the former that I mentioned, you know, sacrificing values, I've removed toxic people. I've removed energy suckers, energy vampires, and I am so much better off for it. So that's where I start. Uh, if I like you, if you're a good person, we have the same values and motivations. That's much easier for us to align on. 
Um, and then we can get down to brass tacks of like, all right, what's the work going to look like? Mm. So true. So true. The amount of times, even early in my entrepreneur career, where I would take clients to keep the lights on, right. Or I would go against intuitive pings of like, Hey, this, this probably isn't going to go well and say yes. Anyways, for financial reasons, full disclosure, um, always left me with those reflection moments to say, oh, it's interesting that you had that ping. You didn't listen to yourself. You chose to do it anyways. And here we are six months, eight months, a year later with some of the same headaches or problems that they started with. That's been a big lesson for me in the last seven years of running my own business is listening to those pings. How do you decipher if somebody's somebody you want to work with? Yes, we could ask like, hey, what are your values? I can regurgitate those to you, but how do you know if there's true connection? Yeah, I'm glad you touched on intuition. Intuition has definitely started to to come to light for me. Uh, Then the the next is like, I really have a long courting process. So I don't take on, you know, a long-term commitment where we're like contractually together, you know, similar that a marriage is, unless there's some serious, serious vetting. So uh, it's just, I take my time, just like dating, you know, you take your time mm-hmm. before you, you get serious. So that's the, the skinny of it. I, I don't jump into things quickly. I love that. Thank you for sharing. All right. As we start to wrap this up, one of the questions or one of the topics that was kind of one of your core pillars was travel. You mentioned travel. What I heard beyond travel was this notion of immersing myself into being uncomfortable and mm-hmm. pulling myself out of my day-to-day life, what I knew for 19 years and immerse myself into Berlin, a completely different country, culture, language, and learned a lot through that experience. What are you doing today to keep yourself uncomfortable? Yeah, the thing I'm doing today is I, I recently started this journey of publishing my content online. And, you know, I, I write out almost every day. I, I journal it's right in front of me here. And I've been keeping it to myself for the last few years. And I had been dreaming about, you know, seeing all these people online publishing their content and it's killer. And I love that. I love that for them. And I was like, I can do this. This is this is what I do every day. I just keep it for me. And so I started sharing at the beginning of this year, started sharing my content online and posting about what I'm working on and my stories and, and, you know, my mindset and how I'm using it to get through. And it's, it's every day, you know, there's a little nerve wracking as I go post this vulnerable thing online about what I'm doing or my experience, but man, I'm meeting some really cool people like you through it. So that's how I'm staying uncomfortable today is, is trying to build, uh, you know, my personal brand and by telling stories of, of success, of failure, of hardship. And, uh, you know, along the way, hopefully I can help a few people skip some levels because man, the journey to get to this point has definitely not come without bumps and bruises. So much so. And that's just it. If you had not taken that step forward, you and I would have never met. And there was a reason that I saw your content, went down the rabbit hole of your content, started reading about what you were talking about. I was like, heck, let's this guy's got a cool story. I want to know more. And that me listening to intuition, that ping of like, Hey, reach out and invite him. What's the worst he can say. 
no, or he doesn't reply. Okay. We move on, right. you know, but the one, right. the chance that somebody opens up and says, yes. And for you, you know, I think about podcasting, what a great way to tell your story and what a great way for you to start to build that personal brand out even more and get in front of audiences that don't know you. And I think what a, what a cool medium for you to, to also leverage kind of the writing on social media and then hopping on these podcasts to share your personality, which is, which is just epic. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me too. This has been such a great conversation and I'm looking forward to continuing it offline too. I, I think, you know, the, the things you're doing and the things I'm doing, as you pointed out so poignantly, they're very, they're, they're in, you know, parallel to each other uh, on the journey of, of growing companies. So yeah, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. I've appreciated it so much. I just want to acknowledge you again for being open to jumping on a podcast and, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of context coming into this and you were just so open and willing to share who you are and how some of your lessons can serve and help others. How can people find you? What are the best places for people to hang out with you, find you, learn more about your, you, who you are as a person, but also how you can serve them. If they're thinking like, heck, I would like to have a conversation with this guy to see if I could be a good fit. Yeah. So there's two main places you could reach out really quickly. Um, one is on Twitter at Michael Scott Blue. So Michael Scott, like the uh, office character, and then BLU. And then uh, the other one is, is going to pearlbusinesscoaching.com. Uh, you can check out my story and book a call. I'd love, I, I honestly just love talking to people and meeting with people. I, I have people on my calendar, you know, almost every week that I've never met before. And we just connect and have great story times. And, you know, I always say to a lot of founders or people who are l- looking to make the jump, you know, worst case scenario is you, you meet an awesome person who gives you some actionable steps, how to improve, you know, what you're working on. That's worst case scenario for the, the anxious people out there. So yeah, pearlbusinesscoaching.com or Michael Scott Blue on Twitter. And uh, thanks, Jackie. Amazing. We'll link all that up in the show notes so people can find you easy and know how to get in and, and book with you. But Mike, so grateful. Thank you so much for your time and spending this uh, this hour with us and can't wait to keep the conversation going. And guys, until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show. Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on the Jackie Service Show.